Welcome to At the Crossroads Church weekly podcast. Our hope is that you will grow in your walk with God and be blessed and encouraged in your daily lives as you listen. You can visit us at our website at atthecrossroads.ca. Awesome. Well, listen, today I just want to take a few minutes and talk with you. The title of my message is The Tale of Four Prophets. The Tale of Four Prophets. I just want to talk a little bit about the characteristics of what God was doing through four men in the scripture. And so we're going to start this morning uh, in, in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2. And, and uh, Isaiah is prophesying, and I want you to see what he's talking about the coming of the Lord. He says, and the spirit of the Lord will rest on him. This is speaking about Jesus. Okay. The spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might, the spirit of the fear of the Lord. And so we see here that... Um, that the Holy Spirit is being manifested in, in, in the sevenfold spirit of God. He's manifesting in different ways, okay? And as a spirit-filled church, um, there, there's a pursuit of the spirit of might. And many times, we, we, we just because we are after the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we understand the Bible says that we're to pursue love but desire spiritual gifts. So it's a good thing to desire the gifts of the Spirit. But if we're not careful, we can put God in a box, and it all becomes about the spirit of might. How many know that, that God moves in many ways, and we can't put him in a box, right? And so, so the spirit of the Lord will rest on him in seven manifestations, okay? And, um, and I grew up in churches that focused on the might part. How many grew up in churches like that? Where it's, it's all at the Pentecost, the power of God, signs and wonders and miracles. I mean, I remember going to services that were four or five hours long, and, and, and you know, kids slept under the pews, and it was all, you know, cart, cartwheels and shaking and baking. How many know what I'm talking about? And that's kind of where I, I grew up. Some of you didn't grow up in that kind of environment because there's different manifestations of God's Spirit. And so, so I had my life transformed by the might of God. By the power of God. And um, what I didn't understand, I remember when I was in Bible school, uh, a group of us were asked to go help a church that was just starting off. It had been going for a little while. It was meeting in a school. And we went to help this, this, uh, this little church. And we went in. They were having a night meeting on a Saturday night, I believe. And we went in. There was like 20 people. And, uh, you know, the, the music was awesome. The preaching was awesome. Everything was awesome. And, but we came into this environment, and I thought, where's all the people? And it really discouraged me. So my friend who played the drums said, why don't we go next door, right across the parking lot, there's the Jehovah Witness Hall. Let's go over there. So we're like, all right, let's go invite them. So we went right into their service and talked to the ushers that you guys got to come over to the, the move of God over here. What you guys are practicing isn't the true gospel. We want to bring you to this. This is better. And as I was talking, or my friend was talking, I'm looking around, and I'm noticing that the sanctuary is filling up with people. We got 30 people over here, and they've got 150 people over here, and I'm thinking, what's going on? I said, you guys got a lot of people. And the guy said, yeah, yeah, what, on Sunday, we have three services to fit everybody in here. And I kind of dropped my head, and I went back to the other service thinking, what are we doing wrong? And, and what, what, I, what I realized is I realized God began to show me that though the place next door wasn't teaching the Christ of the Bible, what they were teaching their people 
was how to put systems and structures and training in place to understand and to reach people. And I'm here to suggest that God doesn't just want to move in might. He wants to move in wisdom and understanding and counsel. And we want to become a people who not only move with the might of God, but we move in systems and structures. Does that make sense? Okay. And so in Jerusalem, there was a time when they were taken captive into Babylon. And they had to serve King Nebuchadnezzar. And there was four men. So I'm going to talk about the first prophet, or the first group of prophets, three, four men, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, and Daniel. And so in Daniel chapter 1, verse 17 and 20, it says, God gave these four men an unusual aptitude for understanding every aspect of literature and wisdom. God gave them a spirit of wisdom so they could understand every aspect of literature. And God gave Daniel the special ability to interpret the meaning of visions and dreams. Do you notice the wording? Understanding and wisdom. Sometimes the Holy Spirit, someone can be filled with the Spirit, and out of them comes wisdom. Out of them comes understanding. Okay? And um, it says in verse 18, when the training period ordered by the king was complete, the chief or staff brought all the young men to King Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them, and no one impressed him as much as Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, which were their other names. So they entered the royal service. Whenever the king consulted them in any manner requiring wisdom and balanced judgment, he found them ten times, say ten times, more capable than any of the magicians and the enchanters in his entire kingdom. So say, God moves in might, but he also moves in wisdom. And this is what the Holy Spirit was doing through these prophets. Now I want you to see this. When no one could interpret the king's dream, they called for Daniel. And I want you to see what the king said. Daniel, chief of the magicians, because I know that the spirit of the holy God is in you. Say the spirit of the holy God. Was recognized in Daniel. And look what he said. And no secret troubles you. Explain to me the visions of my dreams that I have seen and its interpretation. All right. Daniel chapter 6, verse 3. Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and high officers. Because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to place him over the entire empire. The Holy Spirit will anoint someone for administration in high office. So he was, he was a suit, if you look today. High office, political figure, filled with the Holy Ghost, okay? And the Holy Spirit was manifesting through him wisdom, say wisdom, counsel, and administration, Okay? And God does that. The other day I was on a phone call. I was invited into a private phone call with some leaders in the community. And one of the men on the phone was Stockwell Day. I don't know if you guys, some of you guys recognize who he was. He was actually the uh, leader of the Alliance Party in 2000, 2001. He was the opposition in 2000. He was the Minister of Public Safety, the Minister of International Trade, the president of the treasury of the board. This guy is anointed by God. And to sit and listen to him 
share what's happening in the political world and how we need to combat it practically, not just through prayer, but practically combat, uh, was just, I just sat there with my jaw dropped going, where's he getting this stuff, right? And some of you are wondering what he said. You can ask me later, and I'll tell you. But, but how many know God anoints people for high office, okay? And, and we need to realize that when the Spirit of God is upon people, he manifests very different sometimes. Let's talk about the second prophet that's anointed by God. Can we do that? Go with me to 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 14. So then David danced before the Lord with all his might, and David was wearing his underwear. Linen ephod, it was a type of undergarment. And he was dancing with all his might. And some of you guys look up here and you see David dancing and some of us dancing. And you don't, you don't dance, but you see people dancing. But he was dancing with all his might. I don't know what that looks like. Have you ever seen someone dance with everything they have within them? It looks pretty crazy. And your undergarments on top of that. But it's the same Holy Spirit moving on him. And the spirit of might is moving on David. And when David is confronted by his wife, he says, I'll become even more undignified than this. And I would imagine that if Daniel was standing there, he'd be like, I ain't doing that. I, I'm not going to do that. I'm sorry. Like, I'm going to flow in my thing, but you can do your dancing. How many know that God manifests himself however he chooses to? Amen? All right? So we have David's. We have Daniel's. Uh, but, but we need both David's and Daniel's in the kingdom of God, right? We need those people who have emotional freedom. We need systems. We need structures in the body of Christ, right? And the, and the freedom people always think the structure people have to loosen up, right? Like, loosen up a bit. Dance. Put on the fruit of the loom and dance. No, don't do that. Just... Get free in God's presence. You're so stiff, you know. Like you're standing there tapping your foot, and you need to loosen up. And, and the 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 uh, structured people are thinking, get a grip, guys. Like, do you have to act this crazy? Why are you? What are you so excited about? Amen. And but both people have the Holy Spirit. Do you hear what I'm saying this morning? All right. Uh, do we meet in the middle? No, we complement each other. And I'm going to talk about that in just a few minutes. Two people come to hear, um, and they hear things different sometimes, but it's the same God. Now, I want to show you something here in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. And I'm going to ask, where's, where's my usher today? Who's my usher? Greeter. Can you grab me a couple of those high stool chairs? I want one on each side because I'm going to use it as a volunteer, and we're going to go a little deeper here. You guys okay with that? All right. Can someone else grab a chair? Maybe... Grab one there for me. That'd be great. Awesome. Very good. So 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4 says, You also as living stones are being built up to a spiritual house. You're being built into a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So I want you to say, we are living stones. So we're the building material that God is using to build his house. You know? I like what Peter said the other day. He said, you know, we're building up uh, what you just said this morning. You said, it's not just about theology. It's about giving of our lives to one another. Actually, you can help me, Daryl. I have a seat here. Oh, you have a seat over here. There you go. Awesome. 
I'm going to have Peter over here. Come sit here. Okay. The tale of four prophets. I'm going to, we, so we talked about um, Daniel. We just mentioned briefly about David. But um, we're going to talk about two prophets. I'm going to talk first and foremost about Joel, the prophet Joel. It says here in Joel chapter 2, verse 28, And it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, says the Lord. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Hallelujah. Right? Hallelujah. So this is Joel. Say hallelujah. Hallelujah. So this is kind of a little skit that we, we were just at a conference and they did it. And I couldn't help but copy it because it's so good. But you see, Joel people are lively people. Joel people are, are like, the, when the Spirit of God comes in the end days, there's going to be outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We're going to prophesy, and we're going to have visions. It's all about visions. It's all about dreams. It's all about prophecy, right? It's all about the spirit of might moving, right? And, and that's a good thing, but there can be a weakness in our Joel people, and that is sometimes that we can become too subjective. We're, we're moved by the okay, the Lord is speaking to me. Everything's a word from the Lord, and God does speak. Every single dream is God trying to talk to you. And when a Joel person is talking to someone who's a little more rigid in their understanding, they think, I think you just uh, you ate pizza too late last night. That wasn't a dream from the Lord, brother. And they'll never tell you that. But everything, a butterfly comes by. The Lord is showing me that resurrection power is on its way. Hallelujah. And this is what Joel people are like, because it's all about the presence of the Lord. And, and the weakness can be that you become too subjective and superstitious. Because now you're not searching the word to see if you're in the truth. You're just, you're hearing voices. And, 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 and superstition comes out. And, and if it's not kept in check, weird things start happening. And you have men of God who get up and say, the Lord has spoken to me. And if you give $1,000 in this offering, the Lord will pay off your mortgage in a year because the Lord told me that. And this guy over here is going, you read your Bible, where are you getting that? Like, there's a spirit talking to you. I don't think it's God. Because now we've moved into subjectivity. We moved into superstition. First Timothy chapter 4 verse 7 says, but reject profane and old wives fables and exercise yourself towards godliness. Joel people, and I, I've been a Joel person, we like to put out fleeces. Lord, if you want me to go get that job, I pray that I wake up in the morning, the goldfish will have jumped out of the bowl have landed on the floor and is breathing air. And he'll be alive and I'll know that it's your will for me to take that job. I say, come on, guys. How many know we need some balance in life? You're laughing, but we've done it, right? And, and so, so um, the strength now of these people is they, they, they help people to have simple childlike so you just have to faith like a child. And so there's some Joel, say Joel. But then there's also Isaiah's. This is Isaiah. Now let's look how Isaiah interprets the last days. Let's see. 
Now it shall come to pass in the later days, the mountain of the Lord's house, being the church, shall be established on top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills, and the nations will come to the house of God. Look what it says in the next verse. Many people shall come and say, Come and let us go to the mountain of the Lord, the house of the God of Jacob, for he will teach us his ways. See the word teaching? We shall walk in his paths, for out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Okay? So he will teach us his ways and his paths. Okay? And out of Zion shall go forth the law. So Isaiah people don't like the grace message. They're like, we want systems, we want structure, we want to know what God acquires of us. We don't want to hear this wishy-washy grace stuff. We want to, and, and, and I'm telling you, there's people in this room that you're like the prophet Joel, and there's people in this room you're like Isaiah, and that's okay. And look what it says here. A modern translation is that Isaiah likes systems and structures that establish the house of God. All right? And Isaiah people are about, they're solid like a rock. Their weaknesses can be, and I'm not criticizing you. I just used you because you were here. Um, they can be too rigid, too starchy, and dry in the eyes of Joel people. They're like, you guys, you have to experience revival. And Isaiah's standing at the back of the church, tapping their foot and kind of singing. And in their heart, they're in revival. They just express it different because Isaiah will go home and open the Bible or read a book about how to be a better husband or how to and, and worship the Lord through receiving instruction and being obedient. Joel people want the experience. I'll tell you, some of you guys are Isaiah people and I gave you the one year Bible plan and you're, you know you're Isaiah because you're doing it. The Joel people have already quit. <laughs> and don't feel bad because they're like, I'm meeting with God. I'm worshiping God. I'm reading my verses. I'm good. I'm good. The Isaiah people are like, no, we got to stay in the word. We got to stay in our systems. We got to stay in our structures, you know. And, and there's a difference between the two. How many know what? I, is this making sense to anybody? Okay. Yeah. Uh, there's, two, there's two different things happening here, okay. Can I give you an example between conversation between Joel and Isaiah. Can we do that? Okay. So, Joel is struggling. Joel um, says to Isaiah, I've been praying for three years. Praying for a turnaround in my marriage. I've been praying and fasting and praying, and I can't get a breakthrough in my marriage. So, Isaiah says, Joel, um, did you consider marriage counseling? And Joel says, no, well, you don't understand, Isaiah. I put out a fleece before the Lord. I was going to bed one night, and I took out a blanket. I put it in the backyard, and I said, Lord, if it wakes up and there's dew on it, I know you want me to keep praying and not go to marriage counseling. So I did it, Lord. I put it out there, and I came out, and guess what? It was full of dew. So I know God wants me to just keep praying. I don't need to take marriage counseling. Now, at this point, Isaiah wants to pull his hair out. Isaiah's like, what are you talking about? You're praying. Has there not been a turnaround? And then Joel says, the only turnaround that's happened in my marriage is that night we lay facing one another and we turn and we face the wall. That's the only turnaround we've been having. And he's saying, you got to go to marriage counseling. 
you got to read books on marriage. You have to do something. It's not just about prayer. It's about doing something, right? How many hear what I'm saying? And Isaiah says, listen, the Bible says, Joel, you're supposed to have faith like a child, not the brain of a child, okay? So, so this is what's happening, okay? So let's flip it around, okay? Isaiah says, I've been in counseling for three years. And I've read 14 books on marriage enhancement. Joel, I don't know what to do. Joel says, have you tried to pray and fast? And Isaiah says, yes, I prayed and I did it very fast. Because <laughs> Isaiah is looking to find the problem and the solution through systems and structures. And Joel is saying, listen, you know, Joel says to Isaiah, listen, Isaiah, um, reminding you, listen, it's not by strength, it's not by might, but it's my, my spirit, says the Lord. And so what happens is there's, there's a need. Joel needs Isaiah, and Isaiah needs Joel. Does that make sense? Worship is not just about singing and dancing and clapping and being happy. And Isaiah people know that. And Isaiah people feel like, why are you pressuring to be who I'm not? I have the Spirit of God in me. Amen? And and I'm trying to bring a balance to this because God has been speaking to my heart about what this looks like. Amen? Why is this important? Because I believe what God is doing in this next move of God, and I say, I believe, and I'm not prophesying, I believe what God wants to do is to unite both groups of people. So I want you guys to just come together and link arms here. <laughs> Amen? And to walk hand in hand. Wow. You, you, well, forget that. Never mind. You, you, people will do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll hold your hand, brother. You know, you guys can be seated. Thank you for your help. That's awesome. Can you give him a hand? Jesus was dealing with two people uh, in the Bible that worshiped completely different. We had the Jews and we had the Samaritans. You can read the passage yourself. But in John chapter 4, verse 23, But the time is coming, indeed it is now here, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And this is the issue we have. We're seeing with even the charismatic Pentecostals are going too subjective right now. And the truth people are freaking out. How, how many hear what I'm saying? And then the charismatic Pentecostal people are freaking out and saying, you guys, are, you guys are dry, you guys are dead, you don't have the spirit. And God is saying enough's enough. He wants to bring the two together. Spirit and truth. All right? We just came from a conference last week that talked about this, and the sum of this message is this. If you're all spirit, you'll blow up. If you're all about truth, you'll dry up. But if you're a church that focuses on both equally, you grow up. Amen? And I just felt I wanted to share this because I believe that God is bringing together two groups of people. They're going to work together to win the harvest. Because as a pastor, from my perspective, I have people coming, and this is a good thing, and they're like, Pastor, like, you know, we should... uh, I miss the 40-minute worship sessions and the one-hour sermons, and I just love, I love long, long worship. But then I got the truth people coming, the Isaiah saying, 
Statistically speaking, I've done the research, and it's, you know, 20 minutes is the top that people can handle if they're unchurched because in today's society, no one sings in public. So to come in there like, I have to sing in public for 35 minutes, I can handle 20. And that's what the statistics say, Pastor. So that's why people are leaving. And I'm like, okay, so I have to meet in the middle with the, because I want to have a two-hour worship service. Amen. Do you hear what I'm saying? But it's saying, okay, well, if we can work together, we can win the harvest. We can take people, we can get people in so they get hooked. And the next thing you know is that the, the, the people that are Isaiah start saying, you know what? Let's go a little longer in the worship because there's a presence that comes that I really enjoy. And, and the Joel people say, you know what? Let's do more teaching. You know how I can tell a Joel versus an Isaiah? During the worship, I look out here and I'm preaching, and all the Joels are like, yeah, woo, you know, Glory. And all the Isaiahs are standing there like, they'll sing. Then the sermon starts, and all the Isaiahs are not taking notes. Nobody does it, but they're listening. And the Joels are like, (laughs) being nudged. I don't need teaching. I just came for the worship. Leave me alone. I don't need another system, you know. How many hear what I'm saying? All right, okay, I'm, I'm just being silly. But it's true. And I think what God wants us to do is not become in the middle as much as learn to be both. Learn to be a person of system and structure. And please don't leave the Joel seat. Because we need the testimony. We need the childlike faith. We need the miracles. Amen? God is good. Did anyone get something out of this? You know, the word denomination, you know what it actually means? A part of the whole. It's a slightly different belief, a slightly different expression, and it's divided the church. So you have denominations, you have churches that are all, you go in some churches, and it's like, it's all Isaiah's. How many have visited a church like that? And you'll sit through it, it's like the teaching's great, there's systems and structure, everybody knows what they're doing, it's awesome. And then sometimes you walk into a Joel church, you know, nobody greets you at the door. You come in, and it's like cartwheels, shouting, yelling, like they worship for two hours and everything. And I think God wants to bring it together. And so I say all that to say, don't feel pressured. If this is who you are, if you're a Daniel, worship God in, 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 in the Word and in your study. and in, we, need, we need the Daniels. We need the Isaiahs. And if you're a Joel, keep going. But don't leave because there's, let's blend. Let's make this thing work so the house of God will be established and we'll grow up in God. Amen? Let's give the Lord a hand. Let's stand. Amen. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. And Father, we thank you for what you're doing. You've made us all unique. And we're not going to try to put people in our Joel box. And the um, Isaiah people aren't going to try to put us Joels in the Isaiah box. But we're going to learn to compliment one each other. We're going to learn to stand with one another. We're going to learn to link arms against the enemy. We're going to have systems and structures that are filled with the Holy Spirit and power. And we're going to be strategic and we're going to go against the enemy. And God, no longer may these two groups of saints be divided, but may they come together in the authority that you've granted us as brothers and sisters, understanding the differences 
and empowering one another when we're weak. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. If you're in this place, just with your eyes closed, you say, I don't know Jesus. I don't know if I've had my sins forgiven. I want to tell you this 2,000 years ago, Jesus died on the cross for your sins. We can't come to God because we're defiled and we're sinners, but he took that place for us on the cross. And if you have never asked Jesus to forgive you and be the Lord of your life, today is the day. He wants to send that spirit to come into your life and begin to manifest in your life to give you a better life. If that's you, I want you to just raise your hand with every eye closed. I want to pray with you. Amen. We'll take every service, make an opportunity for this, even if there's no one. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our message. If you are in the Quinty West area, we would love to have you visit us on Sunday morning at 24 Dundas Street West, Trenton, Ontario. Check out our service times on our website at atthecrossroads.ca.